Jesus' name, and touch the hearts of your people. You said you're the one that gives us the power to will and to do that which is your good pleasure. We ask for that today. Speak to our hearts, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. How happy a person is in life depends on the depth of the gratitude that they have in their heart. If you're going to be happy, I called, I titled it Gratefully Happy. If you are not a grateful person, you most likely will be an unhappy person. Because you think everybody owes you something. And nobody is giving you everything that you, they owe you. So you get mad at everybody. You get mad at your, your, your employer. Mad at your pastor. Mad at your co-workers. Because they are not giving you what you think you do. You are not grateful. So the happiest people in life, we're told, are people who have developed a grateful heart. In fact, Marcus Cicero, this is a, a philosopher, Roman philosopher, this is what he said. A thankful heart is not only the greatest virtue, but the parent of other virtues. So that's very important, to have a grateful heart. Now, you have to understand that being grateful is not for the grateful person. It is really ministry to the one that you are being grateful to. It's not for you. It's for the other person. It's to minister to the person. They bless you and your gratitude blesses them. It's not how you feel. It is really for their feeling. Because they have blessed you. You're trying to help them to feel good because they've done you something good. So you bless them. So it's really for them. You are blessing them. And as you bless them and you thank them for what they've done, you show gratitude. What happens? He leaves them with a good feeling. And then they have a greater disposition to bless you even more. You understand what I'm saying? It makes them feel good. And then they just want to pour out on you because they feel that gratitude coming from you. So important. There's a negative part of that. When you grumble after they think they've done something good to you and they hear you grumble, Guess what it does? Okay. I'm going to show you. I'm going to withdraw all of that. I'm going to take everything that I've done before. If I can get back to you, I'm going to show you. I did my best to bless you, and you didn't even show your grumble. That's what's happening in the workplace. Employers, sometimes they're into their world, but they want to be good to their employees. And some employers, they are always grumbling. And they know about it. They know there are people grumbling. But they notice those who are happy to be there. Amen? And they're doing things happily, reaching out, greeting them properly. Thank you. I got a job. Guess who they want around? They want that person around. They're not going to fire you. Because you have a grateful heart. So important. 
You know, in Psalm 92, verse 1 and 2, it says, it is, a good, it is a good thing or it is good to give thanks to the Lord. The same thing you can do with dealing with man and God. And God in a greater level. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Good for God? No, it's good for you. <laughs> Amen? God's okay. Always okay. When you give Him thanks, it's not that it's good for God. He's good for you if you give thanks to God. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. You declare, when you tell God that God is good, what you're doing is not use words. Declare His loving kindness in the morning. That means you are telling God, you are so loving and you are so good, you are about to live for work, and as you thank Him and as you praise Him, His loving kindness goes with you all day long, guarding you and blessing you, giving you favor wherever you go. It is good to give thanks to God. It's good. And then it says at night, you declare his faithfulness. Basically, you say, God, look at how you dealt with me all day. You gave me favor here. I talked to the boss. I got favor. He just told me he's going to promote me or he's going to raise my salary. You are so good. In the morning, you thanked him for his loving kindness. Amen. But at night, you've been through the day and his faithfulness has been with you. He never left you. But if you don't thank him in the morning, you won't know anything about his faithfulness at night. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Amen? One Dr. Stephen Post uh, is a bioethics uh, professor in one, of, one medical school, I don't know which, but he did a study studying the effects of a, gra- a grateful heart on physical health of a man. And these are some of the results. I brought three here. The first one, it says, people who are grateful, it says it will increase the ability of their body to fight disease agents. When you have a grateful heart, your immune system are more powerful. That's what he's saying. Secondly, it says it improves your mental capacity. This is a study, a scientific study of people who are grateful and people who are, not un- who are ungrateful. It says it will improve their mental capacity and reduces the vulner- vulnerability to depression. It's hard for you to be depressed if you are thanking God every morning. He won't let that be. But even without God in the natural, if you are a grateful person, you are apt not to have any kind of depression. You are grateful. Nobody's taking advantage of you. You are happy. God is just blessing you. People are nice to you. People are kind to you. You feel special. That's what happens with a grateful heart. Psalm 107, verse 15, it says, Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness 
and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men will give thanks. Why does God need men's thanks for him to be okay and feel good in heaven? Because people are all thanking him. No, it's for our benefit. And the prophet is saying, oh, for every believer, every man, oh, that we will continue to give thanks. Because when you do it, you are going to be blessed. God will pour his blessings upon your life in every way of life. Every area of life. Your physical health, your family, your children, everything. God knows this is a grateful person. Jesus looks for it. I'm going to get ahead of myself so you can know God expects it. When Jesus healed those lepers, do you remember the ten lepers? And one of them was a Samaritan. God's done something for you. He's sitting back. He's waiting for you to come back. Some of us just take it for granted. Like, that's old to me. You never get more from God after that. It's, 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 it's sad that people like like that. God expects you to be grateful, not just during Thanksgiving. All year long. You can breathe. You can go to church. Not persecuted. Nobody's going to kill you for going to church. There are some places where they have to think twice about going to church in the morning. God expects us. All that men will give thanks to God. Now I'm going to talk about four things. About thanksgiving. That is so important. First one, gratitude is not an emotion. Well, I don't feel that way. So I'm not going to thank. (laughs) Sorry. Gratitude or being grateful, thanksgiving is an act. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can say thank you. And so you can develop... Being a grateful person, becoming a grateful person, you can develop it. Now, let me tell you this. To be grateful doesn't naturally come to us. It's not a natural thing for us. It's not natural for us to be grateful. We have to work at it. Grumbling is. Amen. It's so easy to grumble. But to be grateful is another thing. And what's happened to us is a feeling or what I call the entitlement syndrome. Get it? And I'm doing it. Have you ever given somebody something and they didn't really thank you properly? Because they were waiting for you to do something, right? And when you gave it to them, it's like, what, what have you been waiting for? You should have done this for a long time. And so they don't thank you properly and you notice and it hurts your heart, right? And what do you want to do after that? You don't want to bless them anymore. Because they are ungrateful. We have to work at being grateful to God. You still keep speaking about it. Thinking about it. Maybe writing it down. What you are grateful to God for. Take a pen. Write down the things that God has done for you. Be grateful for your wife. And put those things for your wife, your husband, your children, all of those things. And as you write them down and you keep writing, before long, the emotions will come. Right? 
the feelings will come. It didn't start that way, but the feelings will come because you begin to realize how good God's been to you when you are a thankful person. And as you continue to do that, the feelings will help you to develop that grateful heart where you can be grateful to God every time you kneel before Him. Is something that happens with people who are not grateful. If you don't have a grateful heart, it would be so easy not just to grumble, but to be disloyal. People who don't have a heart of gratitude, they get very upset very quickly. And they forget everything else you've done. And they're gone. We've seen that. You can be with them for a while and done all of this help. And then, because they take it for granted. I'm entitled to that. And you do one thing that they expect you to do, or you didn't do something they expect you to do, that's it. They get mad, and the, the relationship is then destroyed. They go their way, and you go their way. Every, all the beautiful things that's happened before then, just for this one thing that you miss, and then you're sad. The giver is sad at heart, and what, what did I do? Have you ever dealt with people like that? For me, it's very painful. You know, it's not like I did so much for this person, and they did this to me. I lost a relationship with a friend for nothing. Something probably that was an oversight. But because this person thinks, I'm entitled to this, they're not grateful in heart, they'll they just turn up, turn against the person and move on. You know, David spoke about a friend. You may not, his name is Ahitophel. Ahitophel was a great counselor for David. There's another counselor for David, King David, named Hushai. But he wasn't as good as Ahitophel. Ahitophel was a great counselor. In the scriptures, he said that his counsel was as if someone has heard from God. When he gives counsel, he was good. And because of his closeness to David, he became elevated in the kingdom. He was known by everyone in the kingdom. David wrote, he said, we went to church together. We were friends. But he betrayed David. He didn't recognize the things that David had done for him, even though David was receiving from him. But David was the king. And they were that close. When you don't have a heart of gratitude, it's easy for you to turn and be disloyal and sometimes you can betray the person and it's very painful. You can read between the scriptures and see the the attitudes of the disciples and Judas Iscariot. There's a lot happening. But basically he had his own heart. Didn't care what was going on. He betrayed his master. An ungrateful heart it's usually a disloyal heart. Eventually, you'll see disloyalty. He turned against David. Ahitophel did. And went with Absalom. And actually canceled Absalom in a way to destroy David. But David was smart. David knew. And David said, God, I need to do something about Ahitophel. He's betrayed me. Somebody has to help me. 
He says, Husha, you don't have to go with me. Please go back and defeat his counsel. But I tell you, when you don't act right before God, God will defeat your counsel, especially when you betray somebody who's truly, who's truly loved you and cared for you. I, I, um, Ahitophel gave a great counsel to Absalom, and if Absalom had followed Ahitophel's counsel, David will have died that same day. Because he was, he was just right. Everything he said was true. But Hushai said, uh, I don't think, I don't think uh, Ahitophel's uh, counsel is good at this time. And he gave a silly uh, 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 counsel, and everybody yelled and shouted, the counsel of Hushai is better than that of Ahitophel. All of them were screaming. Hushai's counsel is better because God was going to destroy. And that day, Ahitophel lost his life. He died. He committed suicide. You have to develop a heart of gratitude so you don't become disloyal to God. When you are grateful to God for the salvation of your soul, and as you kneel before him, sometimes I kneel and I go back all the way to the very first day that I knelt before God and he accepted me into his family. Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you. And I ordained you. And then I think about the whole world. As you watch television, you see people dying young. They're hungry and all of that. And here I here am. I, oh God, I could be one of those. What made me different? Why were you so good to me? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I thank him. And then for saving me, for making me a child of God, there's nothing more. I know I'm going to be with God in heaven forever. I've got to be grateful for that. You cry before God and say, God, you chose me. I am one of yours. I'm united with Christ, this powerful being. I am part of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I can go out in his name. I can pray for the sick in his name. I can speak for God. And I can say things in his name. And God will do it. Who am I, God, that you pick me? Then you were grateful before God. And when you are that kind of a man, God has found a friend. David was a man like that. He knew to thank God. He wrote all that men. He knew the benefits. All that men would give thanks to God for his goodness. All that we would thank. David knew that. He knew that without God he was nothing. He's dead, but every day of the year somebody's speaking about David. Somewhere, King David. God exalted him. We have nothing if we don't learn to develop a, great, a heart of gratitude. Not just to God, but to men as well. People that have helped you along the way. People that have held up, stayed with you. To be grateful to them. They may do certain things that are not right, but you know, that's just little. Put that aside. Let's keep going. Forgive. Let's go on. We're together. Amen? It's such a blessing to have that. Now, thanksgiving is really an act of obedience. Because God commanded it. Amen? That's the second thing. 
God commanded us to be thankful. If you read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, which, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Be thankful. That's a commandment from God. Be thankful. Why? If you're a Christian, you need to be thankful. Let that be a part of your life. Not just speaking in tongues. That should be a part of your life. But you should be a thankful person. I mean, what will happen if you, if you walk up, you're doing a good job, at, uh, and your, your employer knows that, but you, 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 say, look, you see him one day, you know, thank you, sir. I really appreciate this job. It's been a real blessing to me and my family. Our needs have been met. You will be his number one employee. And when it's time to fire people, he's struggling whether to let you go. Amen? Because he knows you are a thankful person. He knows if he lets you stay, you're going to come. You fired everybody. You let me stay. Why? Thank you. Because of you, God is using you, amen, to bless my family. But to grumble, that comes easy. And that shows you the door also when troubles come. We need to be grateful to God. It's it's a commandment from God. Not just living your Christian, part of your Christian life. Is to learn to be thankful. God wants us to develop a heart of gratitude before him constantly. Amen. Sometimes you are thankful when you don't feel like doing it. That's when it's a sacrifice. Amen. And it's well accepted by God. Especially when you don't feel like it. Amen? And you thank God. God takes note of things like that. In Psalm 116, verse 17, David says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Did you know that thanksgiving is sacrifice? It's like a burnt offering before God. Sweet smelling savor. We don't have to bring an animal now. All we need to do when you want to offer something sweet to God, just give Him thanks and continue to thank Him. And God feels good. And then He's more disposed to bless you. Amen. It's a sacrifice, a sweet aroma coming up to God as you are thanking God with words. You declare His goodness. You declare His loving kindness. And so God blesses you. I believe if you this morning decide to do that, your spiritual life is going to be transformed. I guarantee you. If you begin today, I'm going to do this, and you do it every day, your life is going to be transformed. God will begin to speak to you, and things will begin to change in your life. I guarantee you. That's why the scripture says be thankful. So important. Be thankful. Third thing is thanksgiving is a double-edged sword. And I will explain what that means. God wants you to thank him not only in church. (laughs) He really wants you to thank him more when you are around unbelievers. That's the place to really give thanks. 
You don't have to tell them John 3.16 and quote it all the time. They'll get tired of you quoting John 3.16 around them. But they can never get tired of you speaking about the things that God is doing in your life, your family, your church, your children. They'll listen. And after a while, they begin to, can you tell this your God to visit my home as well? He's been so good to you. We've heard all of this stuff. I need him to visit us sometime. You know, that's what you do. When I was a new Christian, it was still exciting, but very exciting. It was a new life for me. I stopped by the grace of God. Everything I was doing, my friends, my old friends were gone, and I was learning to live again. My old life gone, and now this was a new life for me. And I was seeing things in church that I'd never seen before. People speaking in tongues and all of that kind of stuff. And I was a school teacher. I go back to school, and I'm telling my students, I went to this place, they were speaking in tongues. And the students want to know about it. I didn't know how to explain much about that. But I tell them, anything I saw in church, or anything that happened in church, if I saw a miracle, I told my students in school. Some of them are ministers today. Some of those people are ministers today. When I go, my wife and I would go. They run up to us and they, some of them say, I am your grandson in the Lord. I say, really? Who is your father? I'm not kidding. <laughs> Who is your father? The one that you brought to the Lord. And I can't remember that I brought that person to the Lord. I, I, can't, I don't even know where I met the fellow. But just telling them these stories about how good God is. I saw a miracle. I tell them. I was sick. This happened. This, just tell him. This is what God wants us to do. And as you bless them, you are blessed. Amen? It's a double-edged sword. And we need to be talking about these things that God's doing. About David. What God did with David. I want to tell everybody. Tell them at work. There's a kid here. He couldn't talk, but now he could speak. Really? Can I see that kid? Everyone is curious, right? They want to see let me read this scripture to you, Psalm 18, verse uh, 49. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among what? Among the Gentiles. Not believers. Among Gentiles. Among unbelievers. Maybe for you this is revelation, but we need to do this. Amen? In obedience to our God. I will give thanks to God among the Gentiles. And sing praises to your name. First Chronicles 16 verse 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. And make his deeds known among the people. The peoples, he says, plural. So you tell everybody. Not just witnessing, but telling them what God's doing. What God's doing in your life. That's being grateful to God. I will give thanks in the great assembly, I will praise you among many people. Yeah, give thanks here. But go out everywhere and begin to tell the people what God has done. Amen? And the fourth thing, I'm going to close with this. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 19. It says, rejoice always. What did he say? Can I see you rejoice? Oh, yeah. You got to rejoice always. 
Always. That's me. That means when you don't feel like rejoicing. You're tired. The Bible says rejoice. Or something bad happened. God says to rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want the will of God? He's giving thanks. That's God's will for your life. In everything. There are things to give God thanks for. For your husband, for your wife, for your children, for your job and all of that. And then there are things to give thanks to God in. There is a difference there. When times are tough and there are difficulties in your life and you don't know what to do, you give thanks, not for those bad things that's happened to you, but in those things, while you're going through those things, you are giving thanks. Because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Why? Because the Bible says all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So if you're going through a difficult time, don't stop from giving thanks because God is cooking something for you. Amen? It may be tough now. When you start building, he said, we'll build this building. He was tough going through all the troubles. It's really tough. That's the way God does it. You go through difficult times, he's just cooking something for you. At the other end is a table waiting for you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God is that. We need to be grateful to God. And today, I'm very grateful to God for this church. And uh, this is God's house. Uh, don't belong to anyone but God. And uh, this is just the beginning. I really believe with all my heart. This is just the beginning. We are already preparing the back there for another building. Can you see? We got two acres cleared. We're putting some dirt back in there. And uh, we believe in a year's time, by the grace of God, we will start putting the things together to build. Why are we doing this? So that we can have a base to reach out to the world. Amen? We want to do that. We want to build a church in England. I've not given that up. We have a church in England. If we can, we have one in France. And uh, those people who like to eat French fries can go there and eat a French fries. <laughs> Where did that come from? (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Yeah, in France, we have one. We already have one in Nigeria. We have one in Harvard and wherever God. But we need a base, amen? We need a place where people need to grow, know the word, get good time. We have the resources, and then we can go out and start doing what God tells us to do. Why not us, amen? God, we are grateful. Pour out on us so that we can spread your gospel around the world. Bow your heads with me this morning. This is uh, very significant. God built this house especially for those who don't yet know the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Especially for them. For us, it's a place to gather 
to thank God and to praise His name. But if you're here this morning and if you were asked, asked whether or not you will go to heaven today if you die and you don't know the answer, this is for you. If you find yourself at the gate of heaven and Peter stops you and says, Son or daughter, why should I let you in here? What would you say? If entering into heaven depends on your answer, what will your answer be? If he said to you, Son or daughter, why should I let you into heaven? What will you say? If your answer is, I go to church, I'm a good person, then you don't fully understand, you may not get in. Today, you can get to know the Savior. That's the only answer. I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. And I tried by the grace of God to serve Him through life. All heads bowed this morning. You're here this morning and you want to make a commitment to Christ so He can become your best friend. You want Him in your heart today. Why don't you put your hand up quickly and put it back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're here this morning and you've walked with the Lord in the past. And there is a reason why you're here today. God wants you back. He has a table. And his sons and daughters, his sons and daughters are sitting with him. But your seat is empty. And the father's heart is crying out for his son or his daughter. Come home. Come home. You're here this morning and you want to come home to God. It's between you and God. And you say in your heart, Father, I'm coming home. I want to agree with the pastor in prayer today. May I just see your hand up quickly? Put it down. Nobody's looking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, you see the hands that have gone up. I pray your presence in your lives, oh God. Enrich your lives. Draw us closer to you. Stand up with me, everybody, please. Father, draw us closer to you. Fill our hearts with gratitude to you. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that we can fully understand the hope of our calling so that we can be grateful, O oh God, for everything that you've done for us. You've given us the good life. You've given us the great life. You've given us the abundant life. We are well supplied because of you, Jesus. Because of you, Jesus, and because of what you did on the cross, today we give you thanks. Would you raise your hands up to the Lord and give him thanks from the heart 
for your life, for your family, for your children, your husband, your wife, for your church, for your nation, for the leaders of this nation. Give God thanks so that He will open the windows of heaven and pour upon us a blessing so that there will not be room to contain it. That's the kind of God that we serve. He wants to bless us. If we will open our hearts to Him, there is nothing that He cannot do. There is nothing too difficult for God. That problem must go away from your life today in the name of Jesus. Whatever the problem is, whatever the obstacle is, I command that obstacle to vacate your life right now in the name of Jesus. And I command in Jesus' name God's goodness to come upon your life today in the name of Jesus as we worship our God right here in the Ark Fellowship right in this place. May God's goodness go after you, pursue after you, come upon you and overtake you in the name of Jesus. May God's blessings pour out upon your life. May God's goodness always be with you. May difficult times be turned into pleasant times in your life in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your great goodness. You're the only thing in the whole universe, the only person in the whole universe that we can truly, absolutely trust that you will never fail and your faithfulness endures forever. Linda, I need you to come up and share. God won't let me go uh, with us as we close. Quickly. As I was praying for the people at the Ark Fellowship, I reminded God of a word that he gave me for the ark in February. And the word that he gave me in February was restoration. Some of you probably remember. And I reminded him of that because I asked him, why are some being restored and not others? And he told me this. I want to restore the people. Just like an excellent craftsman restoring a piece of furniture, he will strip the wood to the raw wood. Only then will he start to restore the piece to a new piece. People must allow me to strip of old in order to make new. Just like you can't put new wine into old skins, people will not allow to be stripped. It takes truth and faith. And I am of God of perfection and of truth and of faith. Amen. Amen. You know, when God is at work, because as the service goes on, I remember it, because I know God was talking to me, this needs to be, and then something happens, I forget. But as I was closing, I felt the Lord said, my people need to hear this. God wants to restore every family here. But it's really up to you. 
if you are grateful to God and you allow God to work in your life, things will get better for you. My family's life is uh, a clear example of what God can do. God is making things better and it's going to continue to be better. This is just the beginning. But the church, as our church grows, what God is indicating is this is just a building. You are the most important thing to him. This is just a building. But he's demonstrating through this, I want to do the same for you in your own life and more. Amen? You need to believe that. God wants to bless you. Can we raise our hands up? Let's thank him and be receptive. Tell him I'm willing to be stripped. God, whatever you want to strip from me, take it away from me. I'm willing to be stripped. I need you to make me new. Thank you, Father. Lord, again, I bless your people in your name. Your word has said, whoever you bless in my name is blessed. So I bless them today in your name. May they always carry your goodness. May your faithfulness always be with them. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. We're dismissed.